When Jesus taught on prayer, he said, pray this way, not these words, although the words are good. Similarly, the Psalms are not only uh, words that free us to express all of our emotions to God, knowing that he will take them all seriously. The Psalms are a guide for us in how to learn to pray ourselves. So I asked a couple of our elders to write personal laments to be shared uh, this week and in one of our subsequent services. Um, Psalmists are not as concerned with getting the theology and the words right as they are with being honest about where they are. Because that's what we do in prayer. God sorts out our mistaken understandings of him. Our role, especially in lament, but also in praise, is to be honest about where we are. Jesus, Jesus, you are a healer. We see it throughout the Gospels. You healed lepers in Galilee and Samaria. You healed the blind in Jerusalem and Bethsaida and Jericho. You healed the centurion's paralyzed servant. You raised Lazarus and Jairus' daughter from the dead. You healed scores of others. Many more were healed in your name by Peter, by Paul, by Philip, and by others. We have cried out to you for healing. Why have you withheld it? You call upon us to pray and to pray without ceasing. We are to bring our petitions to you, not frivolously or carelessly, but humbly and earnestly and we have prayed Lord even as we know there's no formula to prayer we have prayed in so many ways for your healing to come we ask ourselves if we should have prayed differently or more frequently or more confidently for the deliverance of our child Logan have you heard us in our cries for mercy and healing Surely you have. Then why did the slow, malevolent march of cancer continue? Why were flickers of hope repeatedly snuffed out by new symptoms and dark, troubling test results? We're told, and perhaps want to believe, that there's a purpose to all this pain that we simply can't see. We want to trust that somehow suffering, even a child's suffering, can glorify you in ways that we just cannot know. We think maybe there's a bigger picture, a God's eye view from which we might understand. But we cannot see it. We simply cannot comprehend how suffering, even brave suffering, can glorify you to the same extent as would a complete restoration to health. What positive outcome could there be that would justify the suffering and death of Logan or indeed any child similarly stricken 
Of course, good can spring forth from pain. Maybe medical science will somehow be advanced as a result of Logan's fight against this rare cancer. Perhaps compassion will grow from our broken hearts. That's not an unreasonable hope. How can we not have been changed from this tragedy? This church will not be the same. And I would hope it wouldn't be. But how much more, Lord, might you have been glorified by a miraculous and conspicuous healing? Millions of people now know Logan's story. His healing would have been an event that a skeptical, cynical world would have had to come to grips with. How many people might have been brought into your kingdom as a result of a healing that could only have been attributed to a loving and faithful and compassionate God? Why then wasn't that your will for Logan? Is it better for the world to conclude that God is distant or to question if there's even a God at all? We confess that we don't understand you. And even in our lack of understanding, we hope that an eternity in your arms, Lord, will make the suffering and the sorrow merely a faint memory of something that, while it seemed horribly long and drawn out, was really over in an instant from a heavenly perspective. We know that when we are all finally with you, earthly sorrows will be replaced by joy. And our comfort such as it is, lies in knowing that despite being left with Logan's absence, he is indeed restored now, is joyful and safe and relieved to be done with pain, illness, fear, and cancer. But we dearly wanted him to experience that now with his family and with us. And so we're left with pain, mourning, disappointment, and maybe disillusionment and anger that, Jesus, you didn't heal Logan as we pleaded. We believe in your goodness, Lord, even as it's hard to reconcile it with our pain. Comfort us in our grieving, Jesus. We struggle to find meaning in this kind of suffering. Wherever our belief in your loving kindness has been shaken, help us in our unbelief. The most common refrain in the most common form of Psalm, again the longest book in our scriptures, is the words, How long? 
And that's what we're spending time doing today, asking the Lord, how long? You know, that's not all the Bible says about suffering. It has all sorts of, of teachings. Perhaps you're familiar with them. I brought some illustrations up because, um, I don't know, I've been thinking, how do I best illustrate both some of the things the Bible teaches and why we can only talk about those for a minute today. Romans 5 and the book of James teach us that suffering grows us up into more mature humans. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes says that you and I learn more at a funeral home than at a party. Did you know that? You know it's true and it might be annoying to hear. And I'm going I'm to call that milk. The knowledge that when we go through uh, difficult things, whether they be of our own choosing or mysterious or from someone else hurting us, there are a lot of kinds of suffering. It grows us up. That is true. When I can't sleep in the night, this is what I want to drink. Usually calms my stomach down a little bit. Suffering has other purposes scripturally. As Andrew referenced, um, the producer of the ESPN spot about Logan said that millions have now seen his story. So millions of people have heard him say he's not afraid of death because of heaven. And there are some people who would stand before you today with a Bible in hand and talk about the importance of that as a witness Scripture talks about both the fact of suffering and the way that we suffer as a witness to the world. That's a little bit more energizing of a message. So I'm going to use orange juice, sugar, tastes a little sparklier. And depending upon how well that person tries to energize us for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, that's how we feel. Not hopeful or better, but kind of energized. That there was great purpose. And then we would wonder, was that the purpose? Because if so, what does that say about God? It doesn't mean that that's not true. That suffering doesn't grow us up that suffering isn't part of Christian's witness and that it isn't a glorious thing. That millions of people have heard Logan say that he doesn't fear death. But that isn't the purpose. You and I don't know the purpose. We know some things because of Scripture and yet today attempting to Swallow those things might make us feel a little bit sick. You can't see it from there, but the milk and the sugar are already separating in the pitcher. Milk's good for us, juice is good for us, and yet today, maybe not. If there is a the answer to suffering in Scripture, which there is, It's a strange answer to the question, why is there suffering and evil and sickness, death and cancer? The answer is that Christ suffered. 
And that doesn't sound like a direct answer to the question. Because it's not. It actually tells us more about what we know suffering isn't than what we know about suffering. We know that we cannot look at Christ and say, you don't know what emotional pain is like. Because he was separated from his father. It means we can't look at him and say, you don't know what physical pain is like. Because he endured it. And what we learn from the cross is that we know it's not because he doesn't love us. So the answer to suffering is Christ who suffered for us. And yet, today, that just causes more separation in our being. The blood of Christ is essential to our eternity and to our hope and to our deep peace. And yet today, those answers will either give us a false sense of peace or no peace at all. Just like your body would experience if you attempted to drink this down right now. Jeremiah says that you and I are broken vessels. We are limited in our ability to understand. That doesn't mean there isn't good news. That doesn't mean there aren't things to talk about. We'll talk about suffering together as a community next week. We'll talk about what we do and don't know from the scriptures. But today, we're not trying to drink all this. You know why? Because we don't need to call something good that God called evil. We don't. We learn to lament and say how long. We look to him for hope and we pray and we continue to sing. But as a people, we don't need to jump to calling something good that Jesus repeatedly called evil. Sickness and death. and suffering generally, and especially the suffering of a child. What we do instead is we learn to sit with one another on the mourner's bench. Some of you, this is both your church family and your biological family. For some of you, this is new information, and yet you're worshiping here today, so you're with us in it. For me, it's been three and a half years. For some of you, it's been ten and seven. What we do today is we ask the Lord, how long you have beaten death and suffering and sickness and yet they are still present. How long is it going to be like this? And we sit with one, another's and we, with one another and we are slow to give answer and quick to give compassion and to be a community they can sit together on the mourner's bench. Our culture doesn't really know what to do with lament, but you and I desperately need to learn the skill of it. Would you pray with me?
Father, you are our Father, and you are good. And yet we do not sit where you sit, so we do not understand the past or today or the future like you do. We ask that your kingdom come back, Lord. The greatest of all next moves seems to me to be your son Jesus' return. In the meantime, Lord, let this kingdom be one that reflects your good news, even in our grief and mourning. Teach us to pray as you have your people for thousands of years, asking how long, even as we remember that you're a good father, that you're seated in heaven, that your name is good, that you're making our lives more like your kingdom. Lord, give us everything that we need in your spirit. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to forgive others when they hurt us and protect us from resentment, divisiveness. Help us separate legitimate pain from illegitimate anger. Help us to cry out to you as the psalmists did. Help us to comfort one another on the mourner's bench. Help us to look to your Holy Spirit who is in us for comfort and peace. Amen.